Good morning. Welcome to Wake the F Up on 101.5 UMFM. My name is Christina. I use pronouns she, her. Kran is not with us today. He's still in India, probably watching some Netflix documentaries currently on how to take over the world. And uh, And today, Palak Paneer. That's obviously (laughs) documentaries on Palak Paneer. I would watch it. That's. I would too, actually. (laughs) And so we have some guests with us here today. We have a revisiting guest, Shannon, and and a new guest, if you would like to introduce yourselves. Well, I already interrupted you, so I apologize right off the bat. It's fine. Um, I liked it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, My name is Serena, and I use she or they pronouns. And you all know me. My name is Shannon. I use they pronouns. The UMFM 101.5 broadcasts at 1200 watts from the University of Manitoba, located on Treaty 1 territory, the original lands of the Anishinaabeg, Nihiawak, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation. So, I'm so excited for this episode. We're going to be doing this episode accompanied by two fantastic ace people. So, <laughs> so this episode will be all about asexuality and whatever whatever else comes up because I never know with you folks. <laughs> We're very unpredictable. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but that's fine. We make it work. Absolutely. So we thought we might start this off by talking a little bit about kind of labels and how we feel about them. For me personally, I feel like they're incredibly useful on a practical level, like when you have to interact with other humans, which happens more often than you might think. Um, <laughs> but I have, on the other hand, found that like... It can be a bit of a struggle just internally trying to sort myself into a box, even with all the various prefixes that the LGBT community has. It can be like, well, am I exactly this or should I should I change my label to be more accurate? Kind of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It can be really hard to define such a complex and fluid thing. I think labels... Obviously, you know, you shouldn't confine yourself to labels, but they are incredibly useful in just like the everyday language because they just they can they convey ideas. You know, uh, if every time I wanted to talk about someone who is asexual and I went that that person who is uh, not not sexually attracted to anyone, but may or may not be romantically attracted to people. I could really convey that whole complex idea just by saying ace or asexual. So they have their place. And also when people are finding their identity, I think maybe they feel a way that they can't figure out, they can't reconcile it, and then they come upon this word. And then they're like, oh, oh my God, that's that's a thing. So a word can be very validating. So I thought that we would just kick off with that because we're going to be talking about a few things today that people will be like, oh my God, there's so many words to describe this. There's so many words and people will be like, why do you need to use all these words? And it's like probably because there's a lot of complex ideas here that need to be represented in conversation that are difficult to explain or previously were difficult to explain. For example, the differentiation between sexual attraction and romantic attraction. Yeah, mm-hmm. that definitely took me a long time to figure out. Yeah, like, you have on a personal you, level. You yeah. have a particularly complex identification, I, which you can I, delve into that I, in, oh to your goodness. degree of comfortability. But if you want to kind of explain the difference between the two, well, one of the most popular definitions that I've heard seen online slash the one that I use personally is like. Well, sexual attraction is obviously more of a physiological thing 
and then romantic attraction is like kind of that crush feeling that I'm sure most people can relate to where it's just like kind of butterflies in the stomach, stupid giggling and like, oh, I want to like hold their hand and go on cute walks in the park with them, that kind of stuff, you know? That was a beautiful definition. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) That was way more endearing than I would have said. I would have just been like sexual attraction. That's, you know, when you just, you see a person and you just want to take them to another room. (laughs) Whereas romantic attraction, I'd be like, well, that's, that's, that's everything else. That's like you said. Romantic attraction is Netflix and sexual attraction is chill. Is that what you're getting (laughs) at? That's exactly (laughs) what we're getting at. Shannon breaking it down over here. <laughs> Thank you, Shannon. Thank you I so think much. I've never put heard it, it put, put it better. in terms you allosexuals will understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a word for anyone who's not familiar with these terminologies. Allosexual is what is known as people who do experience sexual attraction. Yes, not relatable content, Shannon. Not for not me for, anyway. Not for me. No, not for me either. <laughs> not for everyone in this thing. room. This I can't relate. <laughs> as the only allosexual in this room. This term is incredibly important because people, when talking about asexuality, have a tendency to be like, oh, well, you know, you're, you're those are the, that's an asexual person, but this guy, he's normal, you know, so people will describe everything uh, else as normal. Oh <laughs> and it's like, you don't get to do that. There's a word for yeah. you too. So people who experience sexual attraction, the majority of the population, approximately 99% of the population are allosexuals. So there you go, your vocab word for the day. But we might not be done with the vocab. You mentioned before, Serena, having like a complex identity. I'm curious, does anybody ever give you a hard time about using too many words or using micro labels, that kind of thing? Because I sometimes get that when I try to explain my orientation and I try to break it down so people will understand. And they're like, no, that's too many words. Just pick one. And I say, OK, I'm queer. They're like, not that one. <laughs> so you got me in a box here. Yeah, it's a it's a tough line to walk being like, how much information do I want to give to this person? So let's start off with my identity as I currently describe it. I am pan, asexual, and polyamorous. And I would potentially identify as demisexual as well, but that's an entirely different conversation. That, for those of you who haven't heard, is demisexual is a word for people who experience sexual attraction after having made an emotional connection with someone. So... It doesn't really come up in a lot of my conversations, actually. But when it does, I'm pretty lucky to have a social circle that's very accepting. If people do give me a hard time, it's like my friends and in a joking kind of manner. Because I tend to just present like one aspect of my identity at a time. If I'm coming out to like a stranger, say, I'll be like, yeah, I'm pansexual. And I won't feel pressured generally to provide any more information than that. Sometimes it comes up that I'm polyamorous. That is probably the most controversial one. I'm sure uh, Christine can relate. Maybe. It's hard to compare. But yeah, I I see what you mean. You know, you'll be at a restaurant with your boyfriend and then people will think you're hetero. And then you'll be at a restaurant with me. And it's like, nope, those are lesbians. (laughs) (laughs) Why be one color of the rainbow when you can be every color of the rainbow? Why wear one hat when you can wear seven? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. There we go. For context, Serena is my girlfriend, so oh, yeah. that might have sounded confusing to some folks. I know right before this, Shannon, you and I were talking about some misconceptions that people have about asexuals and why people might respond to it a little bit differently than they might respond to somebody who is lesbian or gay or bisexual or something like that. So do you want to talk a little mm-hmm. bit about, about that? 
Sure. Kind of hard to pin down. I feel like there's a lot of layers to this. The mm-hmm. one we were talking about a little bit was how people who are asexual, who are maybe in a relationship with someone who's allosexual, that the ace person and people who kind of have a more marginalized identity are kind of seen as being their needs are frivolous or I talked about how they can sometimes be seen as deviant or predatory Mm -hmm. Uh, and I've heard from several people at this point you know if you're an asexual and you're in a relationship with someone who's not asexual then you have to satisfy them sexually or you have to be polyamorous you have to let them go have sex with other people even if that's not how you want your relationship to be or you have to force yourself to have sex with them like their need for sex is kind of the most important thing Mm -hmm. in that relationship and needs to be satisfied and if you refuse to do that then you're the predatory one you're like a penis fly trap (laughs) you just like (laughs) basically you're this awful person that just dates people and you trap them and you don't give them any sort of sexual satisfaction which is awful and forcing yourself as an asexual person to have sex with someone when you don't want to like that's not this sort of self-sacrificing thing on your part it's not an act of love it's it's sexual violence yes thank you exactly and that's so true that with any kind of relationship type or configuration or orientation the one that's more marginalized tends to just be taken less seriously so that occurs with polyamory as well so if there's a monogamous person who meets up with a polyamorous person they come together they have interest in each other and they're deciding how much they want to go forth it's generally kind of expected for the polyamorous person to just kind of put their needs aside because the monogamous person is seen as more serious and more valid and the polyamorous person is just kind of seen as frivolous and I've I've definitely experienced people with that who have believed that of me because I'm polyamorous of course people will just think that it's a frivolous thing it's a phase oh you young kids whatever but that's not the case at all if a monogamous person and a polyamorous person come together no one person's needs should be assumed you know this is a conversation that needs to happen between the two people and ultimately honestly if a monogamous person and a polyamorous person come together it's frequently a deal breaker and that's the reality of the situation you know it's it's a difficult thing to reconcile but if you are going to still try to make it work there should be no assumptions made there there should always be a conversation yeah definitely preach i love that (laughs) christina spit in truth here on this thursday morning yes um uh, some other weird misconceptions that people have about asexuals and just kind of reactions another of them that that we were talking about before this how people who have sort of oppressive ideals and beliefs who may not be accepting of queer people gay people etc their response to asexuals is complicated it's weird it's a weird reaction they might be okay with it because as Shannon, you were saying the kind of school that you grew up in, what they might think of you. Yeah, I was raised in a very religious household. I went to a religious school and, you know, they were all about the purity. Mm-hmm. So I, like, I was good. Purity. Like the teachers were so proud of me. My parents were so proud of me. They're like, your virginity is a gift. I'm like, yes, yes, it is. Like, <laughs> you're not supposed to have sex with anyone. This is how you be good and pure. <laughs> And be like, yes, yes, that makes sense. And they're like, this is something you save for your husband one day. My what? Excuse me? (laughs) Excuse. (laughs) 
Yes, exactly. But like my my peers, like the other students, would have torn me apart. <laughs> yes. right? Oh, if they knew I wasn't out in high school. But I think if they knew, it would have been weird. You could have been called a prude. You know, any mm. number of things. Absolutely, yes. So with that, people's responses to it, they. As you described, they might see you as as predatory and all of those things for sure. But I think people have a more visceral reaction to when they see somebody who's gay or lesbian because the way that they see it, those people are like actively engaging what they see as perverse acts, whereas we're just passively engaging <laughs> and passive or not engaging at all peaceful protest peaceful protest yes yeah and the there argument that they'll use is that oh blah 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 you know you're not you're not being heterosexual you're not doing whatever your duty to this earth to procreate whatever that's maybe a really religious sounding argument but of course a lot of the people that hold these oppressive beliefs that's part of the religion so they'll have those beliefs but it won't be as angry as they might get when they see somebody it's like oh you're you're misusing your parts for (laughs) (laughs) that's not their biological role and just you know they see it as a more as a thing to get angry about basically so that's another misconception people have and another one just this this stupid like how uh in middle school people's reaction to asexual they're like oh so are you like a single-celled organism yeah or are you a plant clever are you what did you say? They, they think they're so clever. They really exactly. Do with that. Are you a plant? Like that's. Uh, are you a plant? They all think people that like they're... me are usually called a fruit. Let's get one thing straight. <laughs> one thing straight. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> I don't think that's the case with anyone in this room. Tbh, to be honest. No, each... I've never met a single queer person who wasn't just an absolute comedian. <laughs> <laughs> We're like a fruit basket in here. We are fruit salad. <laughs> we need a painter to come in here and do some still life of us. Hey. <laughs> It'll be majestic. Visual aids for the audio show because I realized I brought my ace flag, but no one gets the benefit of knowing that unless I say it. Oh so, no! For the record, oh I it's have, going it's going I on the Instagram. I'm waving it right now. You can't see it, but it's fantastic. I you're waving it real strong. I love it. That's, no, that's going on the Instagram. People have to know. Oh, okay. Um, All right. That, that's good. That's good. <laughs> you this, bet. This moment will be recorded for posterity. Yes. And again, try not to stab yourself with the pointy end of that because I don't want you bleeding on the Instagram. Yeah, that wouldn't be. That wouldn't be cute. I'll do my best. No promises, though. <laughs> Something that you pointed out before, Shannon, people might be interested to hear about me and Serena's relationship because we are in mm. a polyamorous allosexual and asexual relationship this is true <laughs> can confirm yeah she's not lying I- <laughs> so i'm allosexual and you're ace and well for us it's been pretty freaking smooth sailing um yeah I-, I guess with us it just kind of worked out because communication oh communication <laughs> love that hit me with that healthy communication exactly yes yeah because i guess we're both very familiar with consent culture as soon as you told me you were ace we were just kind of like okay cool and then Uh, (laughs) yeah it wasn't an issue i feel like i feel like because we both have like the knowledge and like the context for understanding where each other is coming from just because we're both queer and Mm -hmm. so we have like a vested interest in understanding the terminology Mm -hmm. and like being compassionate to others who are like different from us Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um because we've frequently had that compassion revoked in some capacity Mm -hmm. um by the majority of people so i feel like that helps a lot in like 
establishing harmony in a relationship. Yes. So it was remarkably easy for us. This is not the juicy gossip that uh, that I know everyone wants to hear. But it's just- <laughs> as soon as people hear polyamory, they're like, ooh. So yeah. it's like, oh. well, um, <laughs> we just talk. I don't know what to talk. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it goes pretty all right. <laughs> yeah. Even our metamor interactions are all incredibly healthy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, how many like it was like ping pong on New Year's. Oh, God. Yeah, that was <laughs> <laughs> it was there were more the polyamorous people in that room outnumbered the uh, the monogamous people at one point. They did. We, we needed spreadsheets. We needed a seating plan. It yeah. was like. <laughs> And at midnight, literally, like, people were bouncing around the room because everyone brought their partners. It's like a race. Ready, set, go. (laughs) But yes, yeah, no, this isn't, uh, I guess people want to hear more of a struggle. All my struggles with this were in past relationships, but I guess for ours, you know, the the hot topic of, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's it's really all right. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, it's really okay. But I feel like it might be important to acknowledge the whole conflict that comes with me not experiencing sexual attraction or like having interest in sex much at all where versus you experiencing sexual attraction i feel like that conflict is mitigated somewhat or like the potential for that conflict is mitigated somewhat by the fact that we're polyamorous definitely yeah and that's that's what works for us and i i think hugely yeah that's and i'm completely fine with that another thing with polyamory oh gosh i don't want this to turn into a polyamory episode <laughs> that's but another episode it's another episode but basically with polyamory like we acknowledge and we're just fully accepting of the fact that one person doesn't have to be your everything and that's like that's something that you can embrace so with us that is the case you know like so i'm just sexual with other people and then that's totally fine and that works out for us and then before this me and shannon were talking about how again that's not necessarily the case yeah there are many variations many different types of ways that this might work for people there's absolutely the possibility for an ace person to come with an allosexual come together with an allosexual and for them to just not be sexual and for that to be okay if that's what they've decided on yeah exactly and like the relationship is just as valid as a relationship where the participants are sexual because i feel like people and when i say people i mean like cis straight you know you know um we know we oh yes <laughs> oh we know um straight cis people tend to think uh, a relationship as less valid if there's no sex involved like oh it's not real love right mm-hmm. like if you love someone you'll want to be sexual with them but here's the thing people have sex without being in love all the time and that's still real mm-hmm. sex so like how is the opposite case any less real like no that's still real love mic drop i'm having a i literally i'm having a mini freak out over here that whole time she was talking i literally threw my mic down and i was like yeah you were going through it (laughs) i actually dropped my mic i love that point serena and i feel people are so weird about sex they simultaneously revere it and also devalue it or think like it's something that devalues a person yes definitely like you mentioned that in your upbringing there was like this huge emphasis placed on virginity i'm assuming like the conception was that if you lost your virginity outside of marriage it would be like something that devalues you oh yeah is not true but yeah entirely not the case no it's it's the be-all end-all in people's minds it's 
And that's another thing that I really, really love about asexuality is how much it can shed light on how much more there is to a relationship. And that speaks to another problem in the society is that, again, sex is the be all end all. You know, people place so much less interest on the things that you were describing before, like holding hands and spending time together and you know throwing paint at each other you know whatever normal couples do and <laughs> I, <laughs> and there's so much more to it and i think that also you know just kind of touches on this general problem that people have with with understanding the value of romantics and romanticism but there is also of course a romantics which is a separate thing so that's of course somebody who doesn't experience any romantic attraction and that may overlap with somebody who's asexual and it may not and there's different types of romantics there's basically just as much as you would experience in you know all the the labels for sexual orientation so you can be panromantic or and asexual meaning you're you can be romantically attracted to a person of any gender not sexually attracted to anyone and uh, you can be bi-romantic heteroromantic homoromantic whatever you want to call that like these are two separate identifications so uh, all of you listeners like you'll you'll be able to describe yourself with these terms as well you know you'll be blank romantic blank sexual so if you're guy who's attracted to women you might say that you're heteroromantic heterosexual <clears throat> and then any other combination of prefixes and adjectives thereof will work so it's really it's really a mix and match oh yeah that you get to play it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun <laughs> it's great yeah um serena what was this story you were telling us earlier of this really terrifying uh, experience you had driving down the road oh yes okay <laughs> so so as I, i'm sure m many of you are familiar that there are various uh rural canadian legions throughout the city and I was driving down Portage one day, and on one of their billboards outside said, chase the ace. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> what do they do if they catch me? <laughs> like, I'm not safe here. They're going to get glitter all space. over their head. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> They'll be ruined. They'll, They'll never get ruined. the glitter off. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, glitter. No. So I want to talk a little bit, uh, if I may, about asexuality being discussed in academia. So I did my degree here at the U of M. I have a gender studies degree. It took me four years. And in that time, asexuality was really only, I mean, an instance where someone else brought it up, not me. But that only happened once in that entire degree in my four years. Here. I was about to say the only time I heard it was when I was in a class with you and you brought it up. Yeah, that's a in lot the of race class and sexuality class. Yeah, mm -hmm. I remember. Mm -hmm. I made some stupid joke about it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would expect no less of you, Shannon. <laughs> but go on. Yeah, in the last class I finally took here, there was a chapter in the textbook about asexuality. There was an entire class, not like an entire course, but just like one class one day mm -hmm. devoted to talking about it. And that was a totally new experience to have someone else. Yeah, like what class was that? That was... It's one they don't offer every year. It was called, I think, Sex and Gender. I don't remember exactly. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Um, like, I was just wondering, like, generally, like, what, it was a women's and gender studies it was class? A gender studies of course, class. yeah. It was okay. like a okay. second year thing. Very interesting. But yeah, that was the first time I'd really seen any sort of like academic writing on it or mm -hmm. it being discussed in that sort of context, uh, which was, you know, awesome and very. Did they clarify that you're not a single celled organism? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, thank, <laughs> thank goodness. Because you a know, disclaimer that, at the beginning of the lecture. <laughs> that just leaves, so you know, everyone, you're in the right place. This is not a science class. We're talking about people. <laughs> thank goodness, because apparently that has a lot of people confused. Yeah, it was good. I felt the. I know it was only a second year class, and as such, I felt the reading was a little bit basic. Um, mm-hmm. But still, it covered like the definitions. It gave a decent overview of that, and it was kind of trying to place asexuality within feminist theory. Right. Which also interesting. One of the points they brought up was it kind of opens up sort of how we think about intimacy. Yes. And oh, yes, definitely. Attraction. We've we've gone over this ad nauseum already in this episode. But broadening those sorts of definitions, the authors of the article mentioned it being almost like a response to patriarchy and that women are trying mm. to avoid misogyny by not dating or having sex with men kind of in the same way they like political lesbianism Mm. yes yeah which i always feel weird about those kinds of assessments because they're still centering men in conversations about women's sexuality this is true and it's also Mm. making assumptions about how much choice you have over your orientation like yeah i have a hard time wrapping my head around Mm. political orientation anything because it's like how much control do you have over that like uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm I'm glad that that made an appearance in your class. Again, I've only ever seen it in women's and gender studies classes. And then all the other instances were in science classes where they were not talking about people. <laughs> I've noticed there is lack of not just academic literature, but also in like layperson's literature. Mm-hmm. And media representation oh, as well. Oh, media representation. Oh, that's oh, a whole other oh, like dog Oh, hon. <laughs> other can of worms oh man but yeah i was looking into prior to this episode actually in preparation for this episode i was trying to find literature on asexuality and well i didn't go to the library i went online because it's how millennials do it it's it's how we do it's how we millennials do (laughs) um and when i searched asexuality like three books came up from the entire library collection. Wow. Were they all by the same person? They were not. Oh. They were not. They were by different people. But only one of the books was specifically dedicated to asexuality. The rest were just general discussions that somehow included asexuality, which is something. But given that, I mean, okay, you say 1%, roughly 1% of the population is asexual. That we know. That, yeah, it's a, it was a self-reported survey i think Mm -hmm. so you know there's some disparity there but Mm -hmm. one percent doesn't sound like a lot but if you think of the population of winnipeg there are what like 700 people we'll 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 just say 700,000 to make the math easy one percent of that is don't ask me to do math i'm queer i know (laughs) i'm just like oh god as i was going into this discussion i realized that i would have to do mental math and then i was like crap okay seven thousand people 7,000 people in Winnipeg alone, statistically, should be asexual. And like, one book? One book in the public library on asexuality? I realized that, of course, writing a book is a lot of work, but 7,000 people is a lot of people. Mm-hmm. The Legion has a lot of work. The Legion? <laughs> We've got a lot of aces to chase. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. Massively underrepresented and more representation needs to happen. And I'm really glad we were able to do this episode to add to the representation that exists out there. Thank you both so much for coming on the show. Thanks for joining us for the second time here today, Shannon. And thanks so much. It was a pleasure. And thanks so much, Serena, for coming around. Well, you're welcome. I had a very good time. 
This has been Wake the F Up on 101.5 UMFM. Be sure to check out our Instagram if you want to have any discussions with us or suggestions for future shows. Our Instagram is Wake the F Up UMFM, all lowercase. Catch you next week.